Well, after a massive 12 months, it all comes down to this, the exam season. And we're focusing on the big one, the Year 12 English exam. Kickoff is set for Wednesday, October 30 at 9am, 3 hours and 15 minutes of reading and writing and showcasing everything that you know about these texts. It's about all the writing you've done this year, all the reading you did over summer, all the practice essays, all the practice sacks, all the sacks and all the trial exams. But it all culminates with the big one and what better way to prepare than the grand final edition of the 6Ps podcast. grand final edition of the six p's podcast for 2019 we are going to review all three parts of the year 12 english exam section a reading and analyzing texts section b comparing and analyzing texts and section c of course our analyzing arguments we'll be providing you with some tips on how to go about revising for the exam uh, with a bit of a focus on quotations and as well as that, we've got a question and answer, a Q&A section to close things out. That and so much more coming up on the grand final edition of the Six Speeds podcast right now. What about that as a way to kick off the grand final edition of the Six Piece podcast for 2019? An updated theme song with added grandeur there and some great uh, extra instruments added on there. Welcome everyone to, as I said, the final edition of the Six Piece podcast for 2019. This is really an overview uh, of the Year 12 English exam and obviously some parts of the Year 12 EAL exam as well. And I thought I'd take this time just to go through all three sections and provide some general advice and feedback about how to go about it. 
And we'll start with section A, which for most of my students, they'll be doing Rear Window or The Women of Troy by Euripides. The first piece of advice, and this goes for most um, SACs or text response essays really, is to make sure you are responding to the essay topic. And that means the whole topic, not just parts of it. Everything needs to be um, addressed at some stage throughout your essay. Now with this section, just like section B, you get two choices of topics. And obviously you'll be reading these during reading time. So make sure that you cover all aspects. Use your dictionary if you're not too sure what any of the key words are in the essay topic. And then from that, it's really important that you formulate a really clear contention. That is a clear opinion on the topic. Look at what it is asking you as well. The questions that um, start with to what extent need to be addressed. So is it to some extent? Is it to a significant extent? Make sure that you analyze that uh, as well as part of your contention. With that, you obviously need arguments or reasons to support your contention. And these will obviously um, be presented in your topic sentences. If you're stuck with formulating arguments, a bit of advice, add the word because on the end of your contention. This might really help you to get, I guess, a really clear idea about what some of the reasons or the supporting arguments are in terms of your contention. Uh, If you're still struggling with that, think about the key themes. How do the key themes relate to the essay topic? And that might be a way, I guess, to um, um, go into a bit more detail with the essay topic. Once you've done that, you really want to use your evidence, especially quotations. So make sure you embed these quotations so that they uh, allow your writing to maintain its fluency as well. And of course, try and be as accurate as possible with those quotations. And the next step, explain it. Explain all your evidence. Relate it back to the argument or the paragraph topic, and you can also relate it back to the overarching essay topic itself. You really want to make sure the essay topic is in the forefront of your mind because that is what examiners are looking for. They're reading a lot of essays on the same topic. So to make sure that they're engaged, make sure you're always relating back to that topic because that's what they're looking for. They will know if you've written a pre-prepared essay. They will know if you haven't addressed all aspects of the topic. They're looking to try and spread the data out as much as possible. So they're looking for things. So please make sure the essay topic is in the forefront of your mind. If need be, an explicit link at the end of each main body paragraph might be the way to go. If you're looking at pushing up towards that higher range, that more 9 to 10 out of 10 essay, or in the exam it would be out of 20, so that sort of that 16 to 20 range, look to add some next level analysis into your essays. With Rear Window, we definitely want to see film techniques being utilized as evidence because it's part of how the film is made. With Women of Troy, for example, there aren't any film techniques, it's a play, but you can use stage directions as an example uh, as a way to gain that next level analysis in terms of how the text is created. On top of that, Context information is really important. So for Rear Window, we're looking at 1950s America, the fear of communism, McCarthyism, and um, how the American government really encouraged neighbors to spy on one another. With ancient Greece, 
um, for women of Troy, we're looking at things like proper burial and the importance of that for the Greek soldiers. We're looking at the role of the gods in ancient Greece as well and their role um, both in the war itself, the Trojan War itself, and then in the aftermath as well. And with both texts to an extent, you can also talk about the patriarchal society um, to varying impact and effects as well with the characters. But yeah, try and add some of that next level analysis into your section A text response essays. And that leads us to section B, which is relatively similar, I think, to section A in terms of what examiners are looking for. And I guess when we talk about section B in our comparative essays, this is probably going to be the longest piece that you write. I say that because you are comparing two texts. And it's really, really important that you know that we understand that these are massive texts that you won't be able to memorize everything about both the texts. But it's important that you know um, the basics, get the fundamentals right, because it's going to put you in a much better position than other students. And again, it's really, really scary to think that some students go into this exam without having read one or both of these texts. First piece of advice is to once again respond to the essay topic and again, that's the whole topic. Every single word is there for a reason. It's got a purpose. Now, with the comparative topics, they're often more open-ended. So formulate, or you can afford to formulate a contention that's a bit broader that allows for more discussion about all angles of the, I guess, the key themes. Uh, and again, you can afford to be sort of open and broad with your arguments as well. And in my um, comparative essays, I like to use verbs like explores and examines as ways to allow um, lots of discussion with my evidence and my analysis. With this structure, we want to try and avoid simply um, text A and then text B with a little connective between them. Come back to the texts, go back and forward between the texts to, to show some complexity in the way you're able to analyze. And again, my main advice is, is again to, to have a topic sentence and a link that uh, encompasses both texts and then in between those you can switch between one text and the next another really important piece of advice would be to look at not just the similarities but also the differences ideally within the same paragraph as well so often we see students go in there only comparing the similarities when there really are so many differences between the settings the characters the plot the themes in both the texts and I think sometimes we do get consumed by just the similarities. So be aware of the differences as well. And I guess for me, the differences allows you to formulate your own uh, unique interpretation of the texts. In terms of next level analysis, look at the language that's used. Look at some of the style and structural features too. So for example, when we look at Year of Wonders, we talk about the circular structure and how that emphasizes Anna's growth from a timid girl to a woman who'd faced more terrors than many warriors. With language as well, or with perspective I should say, with a text like The Longest Memory, some of them are written from a first, or most of the chapters are written from a first person perspective. So some of them are diary entries. Um, some of them are editorials from newspapers. So think about the style and how the story is told. You can also look at things like symbols and even context information to showcase to the examiner that you've got a really detailed knowledge of not just the text and the world of the text, but um, every sort of angle um, within the text. And that leads us to section C, which is, which is analyzing 
argument. The first piece of advice is to let you know that during reading time, uh, this is going to be probably your main focus. Of the 15 minutes of reading time, I dare say probably 13 and a half to 14 of these minutes is going to be on reading these texts or text. And that's, I guess, a good place to start. You don't know how many texts there are going to be. Last year it was one. The year before it was two. The year before that, in 2016, there were three texts one being an image, but it was separate to the two written texts. And again, be aware of that as well. The visual might be within a written text or it might be on its own. So please be aware of the texts. Do not, under any circumstances, forget to read the background information because that's going to provide you with some vital clues as to the context of these articles. They are fictional articles. They're made up. So any information in the background Information is going to be crucial in order for you to understand the purpose and the intention of the writers or the authors or the speakers. And that's another thing. It could be a speech. Uh, So be aware of what kind of text they are. Be open with the structure. Don't go in saying I'm going to have four main body paragraphs because there might be five or six arguments featured in these texts. It could be any number. And again, with lang- with sorry, analyzing argument, it used to be called language analysis. I'm going to be very careful calling it analyzing argument because the focus is on the argument, not the language. Um, with that as well, um, it's really important that you are open because it could be any number of arguments as well. Think about verbs for topic sentences to outline arguments. Um, verb like argues is really basic, but maybe word up from that. So some of the verbs I really like in my topic sentences are asserts, advocates, delineates, and posits, even rejects if you know a particular author rejects another author's uh, statement. Those are great verbs to use to show that. And you can even link your arguments together in your topic sentences. So you might say, after um, the author depicts the town as this, they continue by presenting the more um, factual or evidence-based material. So look at the way the arguments work together. And that goes for things like audience shifts or tonal shifts as well. If that's sort of done within the text, mention that in your topic sentence. It's a way to show that you are connecting the arguments together, which is what they want. They want you looking at the whole text, not just little bits and pieces. How does a whole text work together? Focus as well on the overall purpose or intention of the text. Think about why they are writing or presenting this particular piece. There's got to be a reason behind it. And you can analyze that as well. That's really, really important. So I guess that's some broad advice about how to tackle those three sections of the exam. In terms of some tips, the first thing I would ask you to do is to make sure you've read the last two exam reports. So 2017 and 2018. 2017 was the um, first year of the new curriculum. So in terms of that, the text response section, section A, has remained the same. So uh, reading and analysing a text and producing a text response essay, that stayed the same, section A. Section C has remained relatively similar in terms of the content that you get provided with. They're persuasive texts, but the task at hand is more so focusing on analysing argument now than analysing the language being used. So that's why 2017 especially is a really good 
uh, exam report to read for language analysis. You'll find more detail on the 2017 one for, sorry, analyzing argument. You'll find much more on the 2017 report than 2018 because there were some complications with the content for the analyzing argument in the 2018 exam. It was a cafe review um, and there was a bit of um, controversy following that because there was actually a cafe with that same name and it was a pretty scathing review of that cafe. There are ways you can access those um, articles though and I know they aren't on the 2018 uh, exam on the VCAL website. They don't provide you with the analyzing argument articles but just a quick Google search you'll be able to find them. So read over those last two exam reports. They'll be really useful in gaining an insight into what the examiners are really looking for and some of the mistakes that the students made as well as some sample paragraphs and sample essays. Some more tips. I would advise you to really focus on quotations because this is the main area where you can showcase your knowledge of the text. So whether it's cue cards, whether it's forming mind maps, whether it's printing them out and putting them on the walls and the ceilings of your bedroom, just put quotes anywhere possible that you can. Uh, They're really important, as I've said, and I can't underestimate Um, The fact that you need to know as many as possible and to be able to adapt as many as possible to suit the essay topic. As you get closer to the exam, look at writing plans rather than full essays because you want to go into the exam nice and fresh. Um, Planning could just be looking at a topic um, and writing three or four topic sentences and then adding in a bit of evidence here or there to support those. Another thing to practice I would advise you is reading time. So looking at blind topics. So that means looking at topics or articles that you haven't seen before and practicing that 15 minutes of reading time. The more practice you get at that, the more prepared you're going to be in terms of when it comes to um, sitting the exam uh, next week. With that as well, bear in mind that as, and my advice is always, do the analyzing argument first because that's what you focus on in your reading time it's also probably going to be the shortest length in terms of all um, three essays so start on that and in that time you can use it to just reflect on those essay topics that you've been given for section a and section b and you might find it that quotes come into your mind or film techniques come into your mind or ideas come into your mind as you're writing your language analysis just write that into your um task book as well any quotes you think i've just jot it down so that you can come back to it a bit later on the last thing for me in terms of tips is to focus on ideas based on themes so for all the main themes that you've studied on your texts just write little different ideas um, that link to each one i think that's a really good way of building um, knowledge ideas and also being able to formulate arguments for those essays in section a and section b Uh, and the last thing please try and get as much sleep as possible if you can because, as I said, you want to go in nice and fresh before the exam. So let's get into our Q&A. I received uh, quite a few questions, actually. I was really pleased to hear from so many of you. In fact, I was really interested to see um, or get emails from people from right around um, Victoria. In fact, I even got one from a student in uh, Queensland who um, is writing on one of uh, these texts and just wanted to ask a question uh, about it. I'll start, though. I've got 10 questions that I've picked out, and uh, I'll provide you with some answers. So the first one comes from Tegan, and Tegan asks, how should I use my reading time effectively? 
So Tegan, my advice would be, again, to use the first little bit to read over the essay topics in section A and section B. Hopefully one will stand out over the other. Uh, if not, you've got plenty of time to, to contemplate it. So move on to section C as quickly as possible. Read the background information and read the article or articles um, as many times as you can. If you are stuck with, really stuck with those section A and section B topics, use your dictionary and make sure you have a dictionary with you. It is such an important tool, as I said, in case you find some unfamiliar vocabulary. So um, read the two topics or the four topics because there'll be two for section A and two for section B and then read that those articles as much as you can. Tegan also asked me uh, what order I should write my essays in, and I think I covered that before. For me, though, definitely section C goes first, because that's what you use your reading time for. I often suggest section B to go second, just because that'll be fresher in your mind. We do the comparative SAC or the comparative essay unit in semester two, so it's probably a bit fresher in your mind, and then finish off with section A. Of course, if you get like a section A or a section B topic that you really know and that you've seen before, you've written on before, just go with that. Get straight into it, get it over and and done with. The next question comes from Sarah or Sarah. I'm not too sure what the name is there. I'm going to go with Sarah because there's no H on the end. Should I proofread as I go or should I wait until the end to proofread? Good question. Interesting question. There's no right or wrong way. I think a proofread is really important because under the writing conditions, you are going to be rushing. That's just part of it. You're going to be trying to write as much as possible. And a proofread might be the difference um, of a mark or two or even a bit more if you don't express yourself effectively and clearly. My advice always is to try and leave it to the end, providing you've got that little bit of time. And again, if you get that break from an essay, when you come back to it, you might find that your brain's a bit fresher, that your mindset is a little bit fresher. So my advice would be try and wait to the end. Uh, Of course, that might not work with you. So go with what suits you best. If you're someone who does write up until the very, very end, then obviously you won't get as much time. So try and proofread as you go along if possible. Tommy asks, do I use quotes from the essay topics? So sometimes essay topics will come with a quotation and my advice is that it's a free quote. Use it when you can. It doesn't matter too much where you use it. I know some people prefer it in the introduction. Others prefer it in the main body. I think as long as you use it, um, that's sort of the main, um, my main piece of advice is to make sure that you use it. It's a free quote. And if you find a quote in the essay topic that you're not doing, you can use it as well. That's also a free quote. So go with that. Uh, John asked, can I write in pencil? John, you cannot write in pencil. The reason why is your booklets are scanned in and grey lead can be very faint. So make sure you write with pens. If you're someone that makes, um, I won't say mistakes, but if you're someone that's prone to making errors in your writing and crossing things out, maybe invest in an erasable pen. Um, There's a couple of really good ones out there that you can buy um, and that might be better, definitely much, much better than using a pen. The next question comes from someone who didn't leave their name. They had a very unusual name, but they just asked me, what should I focus on the day before the exam? And for this, I would suggest focusing simply on quotations and text knowledge, um, 
whatever helps you, note cards, speaking to mates, whatever it is, I'd avoid doing any sort of heavy writing because, as I said, you want that to be really fresh coming into the exam the next day. Another question from Tegan. I'm worried about the three-hour writing time. Will I survive? Tegan and everyone else, you will survive the three hours and 15 minutes. Trust me, it does go by quicker than you think. It's been a long time since I did mine. I think we're going back 11 or 12 years since I did my year 12 exam, but I too was um, quite concerned about surviving that long. Um, It went much quicker. I was too busy writing, too busy thinking um, to be able to worry about the fact that I'm spending three hours and 15 minutes in the same chair. Um, The three hours of writing time should be fine. Again, hopefully you might get that little bit of time, say 10 minutes at the end, to do a bit of a proofread. Uh, as a bit of a reward. Uh, Adam asks, I can't see a key theme in the essay topic. What do I do? Well, quite often the essay topics won't have an explicit key theme that you've looked at or that are in all those study guides. They might be just a different wording. So for example, um, a word like suffering came up in one of the trial exams. Suffering can mean anything. It's, you know, grief. It could mean punishment it could mean a range of things so just think about how it relates to the key themes and again use your dictionary yes it's not a thesaurus but the dictionary still might provide you with some really nice keywords that you can then use to formulate ideas or to link to the key themes or the knowledge that you have of the text so really think about how that word or words relate to um, some of the ideas and themes that you've studied next question what do i do if both essay topics don't suit me Firstly, don't leave it blank. Uh, At least write something to do with the topic. You'll get at least a mark for that. Don't leave it blank, you'll get zero. Write something. Again, my advice, use your dictionary. Think about the key themes. Even think about the key characters. If you're really, really stuck, just think about how did the characters from the text relate to this topic. If you're really looking at getting a 1 out of 20, at least refer to some characters, refer to some quotes, write some sort of structured piece. That's going to get you a couple of marks at least. So please think about that. I've only got time for three more questions. Um, Adam again asks, do I compare the texts in language analysis? So firstly, we're going to call it analyzing argument, not language analysis, because the focus is really on argument. And Adam, my advice is that you don't really need to. It's not necessary in the sack, it was. You were marked on the way that you compared the texts. In the exam, you're not. Of course, if you're able to really fluently compare the texts, you might find um, that it helps create or showcase a stronger understanding of the purpose and the arguments used in the texts, but you don't have to. And my advice is just, just to work through the texts in order. The penultimate question, any tips with what to eat for breakfast? Always plenty of tips in terms of what to eat for breakfast. I love a low GI breakfast. Uh, Most of the time that will be uh, oats. Um, You can think about having it with some berries. I'm a massive fan of blueberries with oats and a bit of yogurt or a bit of milk. Um, Eggs are good. Eggs are high in protein. A bit of a protein shake as well. That might go down okay. Just something that's going to release energy slowly. That's why I really like oats they're they're low gi and they seem to last me a while and i'm a massive fan of a banana before um, an exam as well so breakfast at about seven o'clock then a banana at about quarter to nine that should see you through plenty of potassium i think i've said to you this before but green tea and carrots are high in antioxidants and they're good for the brain so think about maybe having a cup of green tea in the morning as well even if you don't like the smell last question 
comes from uh, Tanya. She asks, what do I do once the exam is over? Uh, it's up to you. You can take the um, EM route, the Michael Montpellion route, and burn everything if you like. Um, my advice, though, is to try and make a buck from any of your notes or any of your books, so trying to sell them to some younger students. Um, but also, I think my advice would be is to try not to talk about the exam too much because you might find that builds up any concern or worry that you might have. A couple of years ago, a lot of students came out really worried because they analysed the image in a different way to everyone else when really it was okay. You could have analysed it anyway, really. So try not to talk too much about the exam. If you do need to talk to someone, your teacher's the best bet to talk to them about because um, they're going to be really, uh, they're going to provide you with the self-assurance that you need. And again, this is just one exam. So many of you have bio, psychology, further maths later on in this week, so you don't want to get bogged down too much in your English exam. But if you're someone that's not looking to get into the arts field or English field after um, year 12, maybe appreciate the fact that you'll never, ever have to write a text response essay ever again. And that's the end of our uh, Q&A session, and I guess that leads us to the end of this podcast and this year of podcast season one just wanted to say a massive thank you to everyone for listening it's been great to get so much feedback throughout the year i said this a few times but it was only meant to be really for the uh, 19 students in my year 12 class or english class and i guess the 15 students in my aal class for this year Um, but it's been great hearing from so many of you right around victoria just wanted to wish you all the best for the exams and for what awaits you after the exams which i know some of you are very 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 excited about hopefully over the summer you might get a a week away at schoolies hopefully you can indulge as well in a bit of a music festival uh, or two even because there's quite a few coming up over summer a couple of djs and and such Um, but yeah massive shout out to everyone for listening and a massive shout out especially to uh, those kids in my year 12 english class in uh, M5 or M5 as, as we call it being a Freo supporter so he managed to win another Browner this year which is good so dare I say there'll be another photo going up of him in the classroom for next year's year 12s. As I said if there's any other um, questions or any other feedback you would like to provide me you can do so at 6pspodcast at gmail.com Go well in the big dance and remember as always that proper prior preparation prevents Poor performance. Are we finished? Done.